let's do it together. You ready? You ready? What? Mike, if you're not listening, if you're not watching, Mike is wearing his Vikings jersey, right, after the big victory. Oh! <laughs> I thought we held that note longer than that. It did, too. I thought, I thought we short. did. We've done it a few times over the last week, so maybe uh, maybe uh, we're, it was another time that we're not thinking about. But, damn, I can't wait for the Vikings to lose. I'm already sick of talking about them. I can't wait till they go on this losing streak starting this week. It'll be Keep fun. Waiting. Keep waiting. <laughs> Keep waiting. Ass. Keep waiting. Uh, joint Mega Picks podcast, PFTPM, Chris Sims Unbuttoned. Week 11, already week 11. I know how lame that sounds, but it's true. It's amazing. Snap your fingers and here we are. I remember doing the one that started the season 10 weeks ago. And we're starting to get a sense of who's good and who's not good. But any given Sunday or Monday or Thursday, and this Thursday, you know, this is the one constant this season, me kicking your butt straight up. I've picked up another two games, Chris. I've got a 12-game lead. Oh, get out of here with that. Just get out of here. Oh, my gosh. Take that down. Take that down, or I'm getting up and leaving. You got five seconds. Four, three. Thank you. So I've got a 12-game lead with eight weeks left. Last week wasn't good, though. Straight up, eight and six. And I got lucky. I picked the Vikings to beat the Bills because I assumed Case Keenum was playing instead of Josh Allen. I figured I was going to lose that one, and I didn't. I felt good about the Steelers beating the Saints. That was the other one on which we disagreed. Good job by you. Yeah. Man, you do not go to Vegas, Chris. Wherever you take a vacation next, and I know you like to shut it down the week after the Super Bowl, which is good because I did too last year, which was kind of nice. Three and eleven against the spread. Holy shit! I, I, it, it is. It's rough. I mean, it it really is. I don't know what else to say. But like you know, so I, I'm going back and looking at some of them. Like, okay, yeah, I took the Bills. All right, I lost that one. You know, I took the Bucks to win, but what? All right, so that was okay. The Bears, I had them covering the spread, but, you know, a bad call and a pick six, and all of a sudden they lose by one. I had them winning 31-24. It's about where the game was. I'm not mad at it. Chiefs-Jaguars? I mean, the Jaguars had a million chances to stay within the 9.5 spread. All right, so there's some, the Giants-Texans, they covered the spread. I mean, damn, they didn't. the Texans fumbled on what, the 18-yard line going in? He threw an interception in the end zone. So I, like some of these I just go, I don't know. I don't feel that bad about. It's amazing. That's why I won't gamble to a degree. Titans, I had them 19-16. They win by seven. Uh, it just so, yeah, I took the Raiders to win. I don't know. It's one of those weeks I look back and I go, I actually don't feel that bad about some of the picks I made. But, damn, I can't get the spread right. You don't, but you should. That's the problem. I, I am very content with the fact that I'm 41 games over 500 straight up. The fact that I'm somehow nine games over 500 against the spread is astounding. Yeah, it's impressive. To me. It's astounding. And it's not typical because usually, usually I'm underwater against the spread. And what, what is it, Pete? How far over, the, over 500 do you have to be against the spread to be making money? Do you have to be like – I thought last 55%. year we both did that, didn't we not? I thought we both went over it last year versus the spread. I mean, you beat me, but I believe we were above that. The only, but... problem, the only problem is best bets. 12 and 18 is bad, but I'm still leading you. Yeah, oh, it's only two games. It's, uh, that one I can still catch. And honestly, you know, even in the like, I, I mean, I'm not going to do anything versus the spread because I don't trust myself straight up. I'm, I'm not giving up yet. We still got a lot of football left. 12 games. Yeah. 12 games. No problem. Well, we'll see. 
We'll see. First, we have to have disagreements. That's the problem. You can only gain if we disagree, and then you got to be right when we disagree, obviously, or it just stays where it is. Let's get to this week. All odds provided by BetMGM, Thursday Night Football, the Tennessee Titans at the Green Bay Packers, an old-school slugfest, running the ball, stopping the run, both teams coming off of impressive wins in Week 10, although I don't know how impressive it is to beat the Broncos at home when you were down 10 points. I guess that part's impressive, but it was the Broncos. I had somebody argue with me because we made Ron Rivera coach of the week. Why not Mike Vrabel? Slightly more impressive to go into Philly and beat the unbeaten Eagles than it is to barely beat a woeful Broncos team at home. So tonight, the Titans trying to get to 7-3, and three, the Packers trying to – turn a one win streak into two it's not a streak if it's only one but yeah, yeah, yeah. uh who do you like tonight it's a tough three one. points yeah the packers and the titans continue to be disrespected by vegas how are the packers three-point favorites in this game well i how i i think there's some things about their the way they play well first off th- this is the thing i mean you kind of just alluded to it a little the Titans are not going to blow anybody out, really. That's just it's not going to happen. That's not the way they're built. They're they they play it close to the best. They do whatever they just got to do to win that game. And you know, still without a lack of a real legitimate pass weapon on the offensive side of the ball, you know, they're not capable of winning games by 17 or 20 points. You know, every game's going to be somewhat of a slugfest with their style of football, right? And I think the 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 thing that maybe uh, I, the lack of a pass game by the Titans, and it's a good Green Bay defense. We know that. And then also maybe I, the the short, quick passing game. The Titans don't play a ton of man-to-man coverage. So, you know, Rodgers might be able to, you know, five yards here, four yards. The dink and dunk could work tonight. I could see that being the logical reason for Vegas making the Packers favored by three. But I'm picking the Titans to win. I, I, I've gone back and forth. I'm not going to bet on this. I'm not going to make it best bet. But to me, this is Tennessee Titan football. The Packers are not very good at stopping the run. And I know Ben Jones is hurt at center for the Titans tonight, so that hurts. But they're going to be able to run the ball on them. And if they're not going to be able to run the ball, and the Packers are going to have to put so many resources into stopping it that I do think you'll see a receiver have a pretty good night or Austin Hooper or somebody do something that way. And then, you know, on the other side of the ball, nobody runs on the Titans. Mike, you've heard me say also the past defense the last few weeks has been the best in football, and I think they'll be able to do right game plan specific things to take away some of the quick passes from Rodgers. They don't play man-to-man, so they're not going to let Christian Watson just run go routes like Dallas did last week. And I think that will actually hurt the Packers, and that's why I'm going to go with the Titans in this one. I've gone back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, and I'd consider making this a best bet, but you know how I feel about Thursday night best bets. I like to push them all to Sunday or Monday so we can have more time to let it percolate and let it build. But I do like the Titans to win this one. 23-17 to 17 is the score that I've selected. I don't know that you gave us a score. 20-17 to like 17 is what I'll go with. And I, I, even though the Packers have regained – a little shine, a little gleam after beating the Cowboys. These are the Titans, and this is Mike Vrabel, and he knows how to get his guys ready, and it is going to be rough and tumble, and it's not going to be high scoring. I'm a little nervous about 23-17. to 17. The over-under is 41, so I'm just on, just on the under, and I think it will be under, but I do think that the Titans will keep it close. That's why this three-point margin uh, betting line is weird to me, but, but I also think the Titans will, will win the game and end 
the Packers' run of success at one game, and then they go to Philadelphia in 10 days and probably lose a second in a row. And at that point, that'll be loss number eight, and they'll probably be done. We're done with Thursday night. We move on to Sunday. First game up, Chicago Bears at the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons, despite that woeful Thursday night performance that we saw, are three-point favorites. One of the reasons is, even though the Bears can run the ball like no one else, five straight games of 225-plus rushing yards, first team ever to do that, they're one in four in those five games with the only win coming in New England on a Monday night, 33-14. to So, Chris, can the Bears finally put together a Justin Fields great rushing performance in the town where Mike Vick got his start because Justin Fields is kind of the best running quarterback we've seen since Mike Vick. All due respect to Lamar Jackson, can the Bears get it done against the Falcons? Yeah, he's in that class for sure. This, this is another game that's, I mean, th- these teams are very similar in a lot of ways. Not very good on defense, and, you know, both teams let up a lot of rushing yards. And then they, on offense, want to play, you know, through the rushing attack. And, you know, there's a lot of things that make me think, oh, man, you know, the Falcons, and they're at home, and I love Arthur Smith, and, you know, Dean Pease, even though they're not incredibly talented on defense, they, they usually have a, the right game plan and things like that. But in an even-matched game like this, and, and where it's one where I go, man, it's it's I I don't know where to go. I'm just gonna go with the guy, the team that has the best player on the field, and that's where I'm gonna go with Justin Fields. What he's been doing, the Bears have been scoring 30 points every week. He played really well last week, other than the stupid interception he threw on the screen pass that Jeff Okuda returned for a touchdown. So I I kind of see this game as kind of being fun. I think it can go back and forth, and we can see a lot of scoring. 31-28 Bears. I got 28-24 Bears. I'm looking at that over-under of 49.5 because last week I was considering making the over in Bears-Lions a best bet, and it sailed over. I think it was 45.5. They scored 61 points. I think 49.5, still a little low for this. Indoors, fast track, Justin Fields continuing to do Justin Fields things. The Falcons a little extra time to rebound from that embarrassment that they suffered. Maybe a little a little more incentive to to get back on the winning track. They have a chance to match the Buccaneers in wins, even though the Bucs are off this week, so they can't catch them in the NFC South. This is... This is a game that the Falcons want to stay in the race in the NFC South. They need this one. But I still think the Bears, who aren't dead yet in the race for a wild card berth, I just think the Bears, it's time. It's time. They're playing too well to keep losing these games. It's time for them to get a win. 28-24, Chicago wins. Although this one won't be a best bet for me because I could see it going either way. Yeah, I, I worry about the Falcons, the Falcons being pissed off, extra favorites. days, like the way they played. So that's another element that scares me that – you know, again, I'm picking the Bears to win by three, but, yeah, definitely not one I'm sitting here feeling real comfortable about. The Carolina Panthers, who beat the Falcons last Thursday night, have lost their latest starting quarterback, P.J. Walker, to a high ankle sprain, so Baker Mayfield is back. The Panthers go to Baltimore, where the Ravens are 13-point favorites with an over-under of 41-and-a-half. It's weird to have that low of an over-under and that big of a spread. 13 points is a lot to give, but Baker Mayfield hasn't really impressed anyone this season during the time he did play. This is his latest second chance to prove to everyone he's still got it. Does he have it? Does he have enough to go to Baltimore and keep pace with a team that seems to be moving in the direction of high-end contender? They were off last week, so we've kind of forgotten about them. 
But the last time we saw them, they were dismantling the New Orleans Saints, Chris. And you said it yourself. Once they added Roquan Smith, this is a team to watch in the AFC. Yeah, I, I think they're a, a Super Bowl contender. They, they they are one of those teams that I look at that have shown us the elite level of play where I go, oh, man, when they're playing their best, they look really good. And we're starting to see those slip-ups and those bad moments of play slowly dissipate and disappear altogether here. Uh, I mean, I like what the Ravens are doing. One, the Panthers, hey, we've seen that they can run the ball a little bit. I don't think they're going to run against the Panthers. You know, I mean, the Baltimore Ravens, I don't see that. So that's that's like one part that, you know, is not good for the Panthers, let alone we know their passing attack's not very good, right? So there's some issues there, all right? And then, yeah, I'm, I mean, in Mark Andrews, it doesn't sound like he's going to play. But, man, smaller Panthers – defensive front against that Ravens huge offensive line and what they do I think the Ravens dominate this game I'm going Ravens 28-13 I got 35-21 this one reminds me a lot of the Panthers game from a couple of weeks ago where they went to Cincinnati they got stomped on early and then garbage time Baker Mayfield 21 garbage time points for the Carolina Panthers. So I could see the Ravens getting out to a big lead, and then in the second half, maybe the Panthers scoring a few touchdowns. Yeah. I'm looking at that 41.5 over under, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm, over, over, over on that 41.5. I don't know why that number isn't higher. So I've got 56 total points in this one, and uh, it won't surprise me if there's even more than that. All right, Browns at Bills, because we don't know that the game will be played at Buffalo with the snowstorm that is impending up to 70 inches of snow. They better make a decision soon. They, they wait until Friday to make a decision. The Bills may not be able to get out. They may be playing this game on Madden by the time it's all said and done. <laughs> so this one's tough to pick. The Bills are eight-point favorites for the game that's currently set for their home stadium. We don't know if it's going to be played there. It could be played in Detroit. could be played in Philly. could be played in D.C. Those are the three closest stadiums, maybe even Cincinnati. And they aren't going to go to Cleveland because that creates an unfair advantage for the Browns. Right. They were supposed to have a road game in Buffalo. Now they get a home game against the Bills. That most likely won't happen. So for now, based upon the information we currently have, playing in Buffalo, eight-point favorites are the Bills, 42-and-a-half over under. Who do you like? Well, well, let me ask you this. Like, what what do you think is good for the Browns? Just, uh, you know, out, out of curiosity, right? Like, what is it, like, do you think they'd be better off playing in some snow in Buffalo and the run game working? No, 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 because the Bills' pass game will work because Josh Allen will – We'll fire piss missiles through the snow. But do you feel better about that than going into a dome I in Detroit? I Oh, oh. Well, you no, know what I, I mean? Feel, I feel better about the Bills. The Bills need to reestablish themselves, and I think the best way to do it is with an old-school snow game played at home. Now, it probably won't be snowing during the game, but who the hell knows? Yeah. But I just feel like the Bills need a home game. They need to get the Bills Mafia fired up. They just need to reestablish, keep it simple, against a punching bag type of a team that they know they can beat. If they lose this one... They got a problem in Buffalo, but I think that, that that I think they're better off at home. They're more likely to cover at home. They're more likely to recapture that vibe that they had earlier this season at home, even if it is snowing during the game. They'll keep the field covered, no matter how much it snows. Yeah, that's right. The field, as long as it's not actively snowing during the game, the field will be fine. But I, I think the Bills are far better off at home. I do too. I, I just think we're going to see a Bills team that's refocused here, right? I do. Uh, again, it's. It's a Browns defense that, you know, I just I don't think a whole lot of. There's Miles Garrett. There's not a lot much else after to talk about that. You know, Denzel Ward's been a little bit all over the place this year. So 
I just look at that and go, yeah, you know, the Bills, they're, they're, they're going to have a successful offensive day. And, of course, we always talk about lately here the Bills stopping the run, you know, the Browns, how good they run the football. We know that. But this is one of those games where I don't think the Browns throw the ball well enough to scare the Bills to, you know, play defenses that tilt towards that way. So they're going to be able to really overplay the run in a lot of ways. The Browns, oddly enough, do not have a great play-action pass game, uh, which is very weird to me. It's either like power run or they get in the shotgun and have an empty five-wide receiver set. And I just want to go, I don't understand what the mesh there is. It doesn't make sense to me. I'm taking Bills 27-17. I think they're going to be a pissed-off football team. Josh Allen will be focused, and they get back on the winning track. I've got Buffalo 31-20, to and it's just an awkward time for the Browns. With Deshaun Watson back with the team at practice but not playing yet, it's just kind of a weird vibe. And they've got two difficult games, Bills and Buccaneers, before they get Deshaun Watson fully back week 13 at the Houston Texans. The Washington Commanders are taking on the Houston Texans this week at NRG Stadium. I think it's still called that. Is that it? I think I it is. Is it? It's not Reliant. It's know. not right. Is it? No. It was Reliant, and now it's NRG. Okay, okay. The Commanders are three-point favorites on the road after beating the Eagles Monday night in Philadelphia. Chris has picked Houston to lose every week this season. Not a bad move, given that they're 1-7-1. and one. Are you picking the Texans to lose again? Well, Yes. I mean, obviously. And and I was going to say, like, you know, you you gave me like a little thing today on the show of how you were talking about the trap with the commanders. And and listen, there's a lot of, you know, I I understand what you're thinking there. Um, And and I I don't know if you're wrong. I'm going to play the angle more, though, that, you know, last week, what their way they're playing here as of the last three to four games. You know, like we've discussed, outplayed Minnesota and 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 lost that game. I, I think it's going to be a jump off. I don't think it's going to be a fall in the trap of oh, we think we're better. I think it's going to be more of like, hey, we can beat anybody. So let's start playing to our potential all the way. The Texans, we know it's all about the run game, and as we saw the other night, that defensive front for Washington is it's special. It, it's very special. It allows them to stop the run without always having to go all in to stop the run. And, of course, they can rush the passer, too. So uh, the Texans, who'd always do a good job of hanging around, you know, I think with the emergence of the commanders being able to run the ball a little bit, we see they got weapons in the pass game. And I'm going to go commanders 24-15. I, I think they handle uh, the Houston Texans in this one and, and win it you know, pretty convincingly. I've got 21-14. The commanders over the Texans. The thing that tipped it for me, because I was on upset alert with this one until we did our matchup draft that we do every Thursday, and I put so much time and effort into preparing for that. I look at all the different tables and analytics. and um, Anyway, it dawned on me (laughs) while we were doing the draft that Lovey Smith fired Ron Rivera back in 2006. Rivera was considered to be a future star, head coaching material, defensive coordinator of the Bears. A threat to my job. (laughs) A threat to my job, and Lovey Smith ran him out the door, (laughs) and Ron Rivera is not going to forget about that. And that will keep him focused. That will make sure he keeps the team focused. You piss away everything you did in Philadelphia if you go to Houston and lose to this team. And I think the commanders who are on the cusp 
of being a playoff team. Right. They're right in that conversation mm-hmm. in the NFC. Clean sweep. Two years after they were ready to disband the NFC East, the NFC East could send every team to the postseason, which would just be beautiful if it happens. I know. I, I think the Commanders win this one 21 to 14. And, uh, and, and hey, it's this one and it's the Falcons, and then it becomes much more difficult. Giants, bye week, Giants. 49ers, Browns, Cowboys. The Commanders have their work cut out for them down the stretch. Yeah, they do. They do. But they're showing signs. And, again, what we saw the other night that, you know, it's the old adage we talk about a lot, right, Mike? I mean, their defensive line will not be outclassed by anyone. And then offensive line, which was a huge issue early in the year, has seemed to have got it together here. And I really think Scott Turner's done a good job of – you know, calling the right plays to where it keeps a little pressure off them and movement and pre-snap movement. And then Brian Robinson's doing a great job of smash mouth running between the tackles. So uh, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I really kind of like what I see from the commanders. And they're a team I'm certainly watching for to, that could disrupt things in a big-time way in the NFC. The team that lost on Monday night at home, the Philadelphia Eagles, picking up their first defeat of the season, go to Indianapolis for Jeff Saturday's home debut. As coach of the team, they'll welcome him back with open arms in large part because he beat the Raiders in Las Vegas. And Josh McDaniels, the guy who spurned the Colts several years ago, opening the door for Frank Reich, which yada, yada, yada leads to Jeff Saturday. The Eagles are six and a half point favorites on the road in this one with an over under of 44. Do the Colts keep it going? Do the Eagles get back on the right track after losing unexpectedly their first game of the season? Chris? Well, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say both. I'm going to say the Colts keep it going, but the Eagles win and get back on the right track, <laughs> if I can say that. I, I, I think this is actually a tough matchup for the Philadelphia Eagles, right? I mean, well, the, and this is why. One, as you've heard me say a million times the last few days, the Colts' defense is real. It's, it's, it's definitely a not, it's not like a fabrication of a top five defense, or they've gotten lucky and played crappy offenses and stuff. It's not. I mean, they're a team that's been on the field a lot because their offense hasn't been great. Gus Bradley, that Seattle scheme, I mean, he's got a role in that way. It's hard to make big plays against them. They can stop the run. I'm a little worried about DeForest Buckner's health. I know he was not out of practice yesterday. He'd probably be the, like, Man, if he can't play, it would probably change my opinion of the game a little bit, where I might give the Eagles another touchdown, honestly. So that's something to watch out for there. But I think their defense will keep it in it. And then it's hard not to watch that game last week and think Jeff Saturday did not have some effect on the offensive line, Mike. You heard me talk about it. One, it was the best game they played. They fired off the ball, right? He simplified the run game. They, they ran like three plays that they were good at. They weren't going to mess it up no matter how the Raiders lined up. And I think he'll continue that. It was more of a quick passing game. There was a more of an infusion of some RPOs to protect the offensive line from having to hold down the fort so long. Uh, the, the Philadelphia Eagles are still a better football team, but I'm going to go the Eagles 24-20. I think the Colts hang around a little bit. There's an item on the Athletics website about the imprint that Jeff Saturday put on the offensive line right out of the gates, calling them out in meetings, calling them out in practice, working and working and working to get them to basically make it a matter of pride. And lo and behold, it worked. The old poker in the ass. See, those cows need it. They do. Offensive line, defensive line. That's the key to having a winning team. And when the offensive line is playing well, 
the running backs, the receivers, and the quarterbacks do so well that we lose sight right, right. of the fact that yeah. it was all brought to you by the five guys up front who had the poker applied to their ass and got it done. All right. Uh, yeah, I like the Eagles in this one, and, and I'm with you. I, I've got the needle thread kind of. Six and a half points is not really a needle thread. It's a little, it's a little bigger. It's a little bigger, a little easier to get that thread through. I'm going 20 to 16. Eagles win, but the Colts don't embarrass themselves and and stay in the conversation in the AFC. And if they pull this one off, holy shit! Yeah, I I've already said I'm applying for a head coaching job next week. If they pull this one off, I might be off the show. (laughs) If the Colts go six and two, right? I've already committed to making a ten thousand dollar donation to the charity of Jim Irsay's choice. Right. If they go six and two under Jeff Saturday, right? And if they go eight and zero under Jeff Saturday, I'm getting a Colts logo tattooed on my ass. Oh man! So woo! For now, for now, go Colts, but. I'm going to get nervous here pretty soon if they don't start losing some football games. Okay, Jets at the Patriots. Patriots in last place in the AFC East, but would be in the playoffs if the season ended today. I always hate that. If the season ended today, that would mean something really bad happened, and they probably wouldn't be playing the playoffs anyway. I digress. The Patriots coming off of their bye. They beat the Jets 22-17 to a few weeks ago and made Zach Wilson, the second-year quarterback of the Jets, look not very good in the process. The Patriots are three-point favorites with an over-under of 38-and-a-half. Chris, do the Patriots get to 6-4 and four and drop the Jets to 6-4? and four? It's a really interesting football game. And, you know... Watching back the first game and and looking, you know, again, Zach Wilson, they're horrible mistakes. Interceptions two and three especially. The first one I I can live with. I mean, you're going to make mistakes. He was fading away off his back foot. He missed a target interception. But the other two were outside the pocket by time and let me just fit a ball into a window or a hole that does not exist. And it was. It was stupid. It was full tropic thunder, as they say. All right. Um, so, but, but here's the other thing about this: the Jets are more talented than the Patriots, and I think the Jets have a sense, a, a camaraderie, and a fire about them this year that I don't think the Patriots have. Uh, honestly, I don't. And again, you know, we forget that game. It wasn't easy for the Patriots on the offensive side of the ball. And Mac Jones had a shamrock up his ass and threw the dumbest pick six ever and just got lucky that they hit him a little late and that game was going to be big trouble for New England. I'm going with the Jets. I think this is a different Jets football team. I think they're sick of hearing about the Patriots being their daddy. And I think they finally got the team to go up there, answer the bell a little bit, you know, get sick of all this shit. And 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 put this to bed a little. I'm going Jets twenty to seventeen on the road in New England. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Gutsy. I think that the Patriots with two weeks to get ready generally are going to be very hard to beat. They've already beaten the Jets in New York. They haven't lost to the Jets since late in the twenty fifteen season. This is not the way the Patriots kick off a stretch of three games in twelve days when they've got Jets at Vikings on Thanksgiving night, and then the following Thursday night, a visit from the Bills. I think the Patriots win this one. My score is 23-17. to 17. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not going to be an easy game. And the Patriots' offense is a far cry from what it was right. back in the, the heyday of Tom Brady and Randy Moss and Wes Welker and later Julian Edelman. But, but they, the defense is the key here. And look at what they did the last time we saw them to the Colts. They got Frank Reich fired. They made the Colts 
look horrible. They made Zach Wilson look like he never should have been the second overall pick in the draft, even though it was just a handful of plays. That's the thing. Belichick knows the game comes down to a handful of plays, and he finds a way to make those plays go his team's way. I think he'll do it on Sunday, and I think the Patriots get to 6-4 and four and get out of the basement in the AFC East. All right, let's move on to another uninspiring game. I said this earlier. It just reminds me of the old NFC West when the Rams and the Saints were in it together, and they both were horrible. You wonder why the 49ers were so good for so long. They had the Falcons, the Rams, and the Saints as yeah. the other three teams they had oh, to worry about. Oh, he used to piss me off as division. a young kid. Yeah, he used to drive <laughs> me crazy. There's my dad getting killed by, you know, Washington, <laughs> the Eagles, and the Cowboys. Who, and there's Joe Montana getting to play, you know, six preseason games every year against the rest of the NFC West. It used to drive me crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you fatten up your record and you get the one seed. We, we've seen Wait, that with dynasties, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, the Patriots, really, yeah. they've got the benefit of that, too. Nobody in the AFCs could compete at all for 20 years. So where they're finally in a year here or last two years where somebody has come up and, and risen to the occasion here. But, yeah, you're right. And uh, this does have that vibe, Mike. So it's a, it's an NFC West bad days reunion game. Rams <laughs> at the Saints. And for a while it was a hell of a rivalry. Right? Yeah. Greatest show on yeah. turf. And the, the Saints beat them in the playoffs, I think. And, they, you know, it, the, I think in 2000, the Saints knocked them off in the playoffs. Um, so the, the, this once was a good rivalry, but not now. Rams yeah, right. are going to get it Matthew Stafford back. Yeah, they go to the Superdome with Andy Dalton still the starting quarterback. We've we've documented very thoroughly how you feel about that. The Saints are somehow three-point favorites in this one with an over-under of 39. Do the Saints get a win after looking not so good in Pittsburgh last week and very bad the previous Monday against the Ravens? Do the Rams finally turn things around? Who do you like? I I don't think the Rams are really capable of turning things around. The Saints, you know, again, I don't think they're going to turn it around. I've given up on that too. But there's some aspects in some games that I think they're going to match up well with teams. And I think this is one of them. I do. I'm going to take the Saints to win this one. Uh, I'm going to go 20-17. to No Cooper Cup now with a team that was having an issue throwing the ball as is before and can't run the ball. I don't see how it turns around this week, even though, again, the Saints' defense has not been what I expected, certainly. But I don't think this is the week a team – I don't think this is the week the, the, you know, the Rams turn it around. I, I just don't see how they do it. I don't see how the offensive side of the ball can really muster up a whole lot. Now, you know, the, the same conversation on the other side a little bit. Yeah, I don't really trust Andy Dalton all the way. The Rams' defense is very good, but – I do think it's one of these – it's a little bit like the 49ers in a little bit when you talk about this, the Rams matching up with the Saints and the fact of that the, the the size of the Saints I think is just going to be a little too much to worry about or a little too much for the Rams on the defensive side, on the, on the, especially the line of scrimmage. Uh, that That's where I worry about it. Now, the only thing I'm worried about here is the, the Saints have some injuries on the offensive line. Not like bad ones, but ones where, you know – Guys are banged up and missed practice a little yesterday. I think they're going to play for the most part, but I'm a little nervous about that. That would, you know, if they end up missing three starters, I'd probably go Rams 20 to 17. But as it stands right now, and I'm expecting them to play, I'm going to take the Saints to win an ugly physical game 20 to 17 at home. Here's the problem, yeah. and I've already sent the photo to the text chain as proof that I also had 20 to 17 written down. That was when the spread was three and a half. So we both were taking the Rams to cover the Saints to win. We got a problem now because the spread 
is three. I see that. Yeah. So, so mm. what are we going to do? I'll let you go first. We both have 20 to 17 Saints winning. Who are we going to give that extra point to? I'm going to go 19-17 Saints. I'll go 19-17 Saints. I think if you're going to wow. make me choose that, I'd go the Rams to cover. I think I will do it. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I'll go, I'll go 19-17 well, Saints. In the interest of making it interesting, I'll go 21-17. Oh, well, there it is. That's what will happen. That's just the way the year's gone. But, It'll be 21-17. Hey, hey. <laughs> Uh, good news, Matthew Stafford's back. Right. Bad news, Cooper Cup's gone. Yeah. Who the hell is he going to throw the football to? That, that's what I mean. Right? Yes, that, that's what I look at. And then you go, there's no running attack, and this is still a pretty good defensive line by the Saints. And, you know, again, I, I think as much as the Rams, the defense, I like it, and the scheme and all that, this is one that, you know, I don't know if the scheme helps you as much because it's just going to be about physical size and toughness in the in the trenches there. And I think that's where they're going to be in a little bit of a tough spot. And the thing about the Saints, they are so wildly inconsistent. Man, they are. You can never really get a feel for where they're going to be. They could come out and win this game 28-3, to or they could lose this game 30-10. to So I think that just because they've had two bad performances and they're coming home and the Rams are so down, and I feel like, Sean McVay's probably having a hell of a time holding everything together right now. This is the team that's still on its extended victory lap from the Super Bowl. They kind of know they ain't going back this year. They're not getting to the playoffs. I think it's going to be hard for them to make that flight and put it together with a Saints team that still feels a little hope. They're not that far out of it in the NFC South. So I think the Saints win, and I'll go ahead and take them to cover. Lions at the Giants. Giants are only three-point favorites despite that 7-2 and two record, in large part because who have they really blown out? They keep winning, but they don't blow anybody out. No. Over-under is 45. Do the Giants get to 8-2? and two? Who would have ever imagined the Giants would even have a chance to get to eight and two, Chris, who do you like? Yeah, I, I, I understand the spread in this one. I do. I mean, again, like we've, we've discussed this a number of weeks. The Giants, I mean, they're, this is where they're, this is their comfy home here. I mean, they're four, five, six points. That, that's kind of where they live. You know, I, I think it's going to be one of those games again where we kind of look at it and go close and it's late in the fourth quarter and the Giants just have – you know, a knack for being tougher and making a few plays to pull it out. I kind of look at it the same way. You know, the Lions, uh, they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit on the Giants. I don't think there's any doubt there. The Giants aren't don't have great cover guys. They don't have one guy that's really a shut-down, man-to-man corner that way. And the Lions, even though, like, I'm not in love with Jared Goff, as you heard me say, he's having one of the better years of his career. And they're the type of team, they are aggressive in the past game. So if you're trying to take away short passes, you know, they're a team that goes, well, we'll, we'll throw the 25-yard crosser. We don't care. You know, so that's where I think they can move the ball on the Giants' defense. The other side is just that, you know, the Giants are going to move the ball on the Lions too. And the, the Giants can run the ball just about on anybody, and the Lions, of course, are not that good in that department. The Lions are not good in any department. I don't think the Giants are the type of team that's going to really gash anybody in the pass game, um, but – uh, I, I can kind of. I think this is going to be kind of a fun, high-scoring game. I'm going to go Giants 27-24. I've got Giants. Well, it's three points though. Oh so damn! Gotta, I got to make make this one too. All right, I'll go Giants 27-23. Okay, Giants by four. You have the Giants covering. I've got Giants 24-17 covering. I just, I, hey, look, kudos to the Lions. They've won two in a row, but they've beaten divisional opponents, and there's a different mindset. There's a different vibe. You know them better. 
going to New York, and it's kind of on house money now. They've saved Dan Campbell. There was talk about whether or not he's going to get fired. I just think this is going to be tough to do because the Giants really are a, a better team than anyone could have envisioned. Definitely. Kudos to Brian Dayball and Joe Shane, the coach and GM respectively, for taking a team that wasn't very good and making it into something that has become a borderline juggernaut. And they're not about to fall down against a team that they should beat. And I think they will cover. And I'm surprised it's only a three-point spread, which has me considering this one for a best bet. Let's go ahead and take a break. The late afternoon games from Sunday, including a game that I wish I was able to attend. But my son will be there on my behalf. Cowboys at You better Vikings. make some videos. Blow the horn. When PFTPM and Chris Sims Unbutton continues right after this. Late afternoon, Sunday, week 11, as we roll through all of the picks on this joint Megapix podcast, Chris Sims Unbutton and PFTPM. The Raiders at the Broncos, the somebody's got a win game, as Nathaniel Hackett, the coach, in Denver put it he didn't mean it that way but it's very easy to interpret it that way the Raiders won the first time around in Las Vegas now they go to Denver Broncos are two and a half point favorites with an over under of 41.5 do the Broncos pick up win number four on the season Chris I'm gonna say no I don't think it's gonna happen you know you know it's it, it there's first off the, the first matchup is a little scary you know, th- this is a team, honestly, that I think gives the Broncos defense problems. There's great balance with the Raiders. You know, they can run the ball. It's not the best running game in football, but they can run it well enough to where you definitely got to defend it. And if you don't defend it right, it, Josh Jacobs and company will gash you. And then the other aspect is, you know, for a team that plays primarily zone or different kinds of zone coverages for the most part in Denver – McDaniels and Derek Carr, they got a lot of ways to kind of pick apart the zone. And that's what they did the first time around. Run game, efficient passes in the zone coverage, and kind of picked it apart that way. So they have a a formula there that I think can be effective against this Broncos defense. And I think McDaniels has a pretty good feel for, you know, how E.J. Evero and, you know, this scheme that's kind of – uh, you know, into the Vic Fangio type of coaching tree there. He's got a good feel for that. And then the other side of it is, yeah, the Raiders' defense is not very good, but I, the Broncos aren't good enough to take advantage of it. The Broncos are very basic in their pass game because of Russell Wilson, and even with being basic, it doesn't mean anything. He still is playing very bad football. It's not good. And then the Broncos, I don't think, are good enough for you to just go, well, they'll run the ball on this Raiders' front. I don't see that either. I'm going to go with two teams that are, yeah, both struggling, but I'm going to go with just the grit and toughness of Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, and Josh McDaniels over Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson and the Broncos right now. I think they're going to gut it out and win 23-20. And this is one we're going to disagree on because I just think the Broncos, even though both teams are failing, it feels like the Broncos are at least united and cohesive in their failure, if that makes any sense. Because the Raiders stink, and on top of it, you get mixed signals and mixed messages, and are people really buying in? That was the comment, essentially, that Devontae Adams made earlier this week. Derek Carr, similar remarks. Josh McDaniels, I don't know what they're talking about. So there's a disconnect there. 
But still, the Broncos, I had this vision. They're like the car that's stuck in the mud, and the only alternative is to just give it more gas. And it's it's just not working. No matter what the Broncos do, it feels like it's not working. But it should work this weekend against a Raiders team that, with everything that's gone on, it just it just feels like a dysfunctional mess. And Mark Davis isn't going to fire Josh McDaniels because he doesn't want to have to pay the buyout. They're just going to get through this season. I think Derek Carr may not be back next year the way this thing's currently going. I just feel like the Broncos have a better chance to get everything pointed in the right direction for one day than the Raiders do. So I'll take the Broncos 16-13 to 13 in that one, in the someone's-got-to-win game, which – may be a recipe for a tie well, between yeah, the Raiders I mean, and the Broncos well, by the time it's all said. Can I, can I say one thing about that just a little bit? You know, just with the Raiders thing, you know, the Josh McDaniels, I understand it. And listen, it's still debatable whether, yeah, he's a good head coach. I get it. I understand that. You know, but at the same time, if they're going to go in all in on this New England way, they got to let it go a little bit. You can't just cut the cord now. You know, New England, what's the beauty of it? The system they built with tying the coaches and the front office together and their ability to find people in the draft and valued free agents, that's what they did. And then he took over a culture where it was Renegadeville. John Gruden doesn't have rules. Right? If you're good, he's just like, ah, show up at any time you want. You can come to meetings late. You'd balled out on Sunday. And you know that's not the way. That's where the disconnect You never got the is. benefit of that, right, in Tampa. Well, you had well, to be on time. Well, you, didn't, you didn't get the well, no, show up whenever I did not. you want. I did not. I maybe could have, like, when, you know, the year we went to the playoffs, if I, I probably could have got away with some stuff at the end of that year. But so now you're in the New England way, and some of these players have been spoiled by the John, Car- John Gruden red carpet. I'm a good player. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And McDaniels is coming in and being like, wait, I, I coach Randy Moss and Gronk and Tom Brady, and they don't do whatever the fuck they want. They do what we tell okay. them to do. Let me just say this real quickly. Yeah. And we've, we've argued about this in the past. Yeah. But if they're trying to build something long term, you don't go out and trade for Devontae Adams. You don't sign Chandler Jones. You don't create the impression you're trying to build on the playoff team from last year. So they made some mistakes from a personnel standpoint that created an unrealistic expectation. Next game, Cowboys at the Vikings. Somehow. The Dallas Cowboys are favored by a point and a half. They are 3-0 and all-time at U.S. Bank Stadium. Do they get to 4-0 and in Minnesota's new stadium, which they may call that Jerry World before it's all said and done? I'm astounded that the Cowboys are favored. Chris, I think you know where I'm leaning on this one. You better be fucking leaning you? there. You better be. Where are you leaning? Yeah, I'm leaning against you, okay? Whatever way you're leaning on this one, I'm leaning the other way. I'm all about Jerry. And I want me some glory hole, okay? That's what okay. I want. I want. Okay. How about <laughs> them cowboys? That's what I'm going. <laughs> All right? All right. So, <laughs> I know I made you blush there on that one. I like it. I'm but, not blushing. No, I'm not blushing. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I am going to pick the cowboys here. I am. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm scared a little bit from what we saw last week that, you know, hey, can the Vikings, can they run the ball and then – force the Cowboys into these man-to-man situations where, you know, it's one-on-one with Justin Jefferson, and then you, you know the result of that. That's that's not going to be a win for anybody on the Cowboys. I'm going to play the angle one of I don't think Minnesota's run game is as good as the Green Bay Packers. That's the first thing. And then the second thing, I think it, last week's going to make Dallas reevaluate and go, wait, we can play some run defenses, but we don't have to put – our guy on an island against a guy that runs for two and expect him to cover cover him everywhere. So let's come up with some creative, you know, stop the run, three deep zones and things like that to help out a little bit. 
I, I think that's the, the approach we'll see, let alone I don't think they have to put all their eggs into stopping the run game basket against Minnesota. Uh, and then the other aspect is, you know, your D is good, but I don't love it. You, you know that. I think this is going to be a close football game, a lot of fun. But Dallas, I think they are a good running football team. That's official. Dak Prescott did not play well last week. I think he bounces back. I'm going to go Cowboys 24-20. I got the Vikings in this one. You better. Now, I picked the Vikings last week. Well, I picked them last week to beat the Bills because I thought Case Keenan was going to play. We don't have that issue this yeah. time. Remember, it was last year that the Cowboys went up there with Cooper, Cooper Rush. And, right. and that was the game that really drove the wedge. There was already the wedge. That one blew it open between Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins because Zimmer was exasperated that Cousins was being too careful. Hey, I don't have to. I don't want to go for it in these moments because they've got Cooper Rush. We should be able to beat them. And the irony is that Cousins is now letting it fly. He's letting it fly like never before. It's just the right environment. Everything is lined up perfectly. And you know the Vikings defense. I've got thirty to twenty-seven because the Vikings defense. I, we've we've called defenses bend but don't break. Yeah. The, the Vikings are like break but don't lose because you got a horseshoe up your ass. That's too long to put on a. <laughs> t-shirt but that's kind of how it is they 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 just you said it against the bills up and down the field up and down the field but oh pick six in the end zone up and down the field up and down the field pick six in the end zone yeah up and down the field Devin Singletary just gets tackled like a normal tackle fumbles the ball I know it is I don't know we'll see if they can keep it going it is amazing right now I it just feels to me and it's all subject to change there's a long way to go they may be peaking too soon but that win on Sunday, I just feel like it unlocked something. It could have. It could have. And we'll see. We'll see if they can keep it rolling. Yeah. But my son will be there, and that dome is going to be a rock and don't go a knock, and it is going to be louder than ever in that place as they basically welcome them back after one of the most thrilling regular season games we've ever seen. Oh, I thought you Bengals were. at the Steelers. Yeah, son's, not, son's not home this weekend. You know, something else might be rocking in the Florio household this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm having fun this um, weekend. <laughs> God. All right. We move on to the next game. The Cincinnati Bengals in the all-white snow tiger uniforms oh. at Pittsburgh. Okay. A game that was going to be Sunday night football until the NFL realized Steelers we have that good this year. <laughs> Bengals at the Steelers. Minus four is Cincinnati. Coming off of their bye week, the Steelers have proven they can be very dangerous, especially at home. It's pasta and meatballs time. I had them beating the Saints last you week, did. Chris. Do you have the Steelers finding a way to beat the Bengals this week? Gosh, I'm, I'm scared. I mean, the Steelers are one of these teams that between you and just the way they play and the occasional – you know, out of nowhere victory and stuff where I, every week I panic when I get to the Steelers game, you know, and I'm always panicked too, just because like you do have a, you know, other than a few games early this year for the last three, four years, you got a great feel for them. I'm going Cincinnati here. I, I can't pick Pittsburgh again. Now their offense and the run game, it, 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 it's something there a little bit. It is, you know, the pass game, it's still very conservative. It's short passes. I don't think that's going to get it done against Cincinnati, which you know, and I think we all know, it's a it's a good defense what they got there. Now I am worried about Cincinnati and their offense versus the Steelers defense. Steelers defense is still a juggernaut; they still create plays, right? We saw them last week play pretty good run defense, but I just think the Bengals just got a few too many players, and 
they're still a team that went to the Super Bowl and got a toughness and a belief about them. Uh, and I don't, you know, I, I just don't think the Steelers' defense is quite dominant enough in this year to stop Joe Burrow and the cast of weapons he's at. So I'm going to go Bengals 23-20. I got 2017 Cincinnati. The pasta and meatballs will not lead me to do something foolish this week. The Bengals, I'm sure, vividly recall what happened week one. They should have beaten the Steelers seven different ways. And I just think the Steelers can only do so much this year. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. And I know it's a division rival. And I know they want to build on what they did. And they're still alive for not just a wild card berth, but the division championship. And I hate picking against them in this spot. I just feel like I have to be realistic. The Bengals with extra time to get ready, extra motivation, wearing that all-white uniform that gives them a little bit of a kick. Uh, they don't have Jamar Chase back, but he could be back by next week. We'll see. But even without him, I think they can go there and get it done. Let's take a break. The primetime games when PFTPM and Chris Sims unbuttoned continues, including the latest showdown between Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert. We'll be right back. PFTPM, Chris Sims unbuttoned primetime games for week 11. Sunday Night Football, the game that was flexed into the spot previously held by the Bengals and the Steelers. The Chiefs at the Chargers. Two straight weeks for the Chargers in primetime. Chiefs are six-point favorites in this one with a 51-point over under the highest of the week. They had a great game back in week two. Exciting. That's when Justin Herbert had the rib injury, gutted through it, almost won the game. What happens on Sunday night, Chris, between Kansas City and L.A.? Uh, it's the worst thing that could have happened to the Chargers, you know. Gut it, do some different things to Mahomes and company on the defensive side of the ball. Still didn't matter, lost the game, and now they get to play you a bunch of weeks later and have a game plan for how you attacked them the first time and made things a little tough on them. So, But you didn't get that win, and now they can add to that win, really. That's how I look at it. And you said it today. I think the Chiefs got something going right now. I do. You know, one, they are a physical group on the defensive side of the ball. They're playing a team that they don't have to worry about a run game. When they usually play teams where they go, oh, wait, it's throw every time or run every time. They, they play good defense. This, this would classify as that. You know, the, the, the health of the wide receivers for the Chargers, you know, still an issue. So I worry about that. And then... The Chargers' defense, even though I was impressed with their physicality last week and all of that, I was. Uh, there, there's just there's too much to defend with the Chiefs right now. Mahomes is phenomenal. He's the MVP of football right now, if you vote. And then Pacheco has given them a toughness where you can't just like say, oh, we don't have to worry about the run play on the Chiefs. They they are going to run the ball a little bit in every game now. It's a real thing. You got to worry about it. And he's a sledgehammer. So he runs up the middle for five yards, Mike, but he moves people, and they get an eight- or ten-yard gain. And, and then I just look at that and go, then they got the sweeps and the screens and everything else to go along with it. I like the Chiefs 30-20 to 20 in this one. 35-27 Chiefs. I, I just think that, that the Chargers' 5-4 and four record is deceptive. They're not as good as the mark would suggest. I think the Chiefs complete the sweep, and they don't have anybody to worry about in the division. The question is, can they be the one seed in the AFC? That's what they're striving for now, and they're currently in the driver's seat. Thanks to the Bills losing two in a row, the Chiefs just keep going. We keep going on Monday Night Football. 49ers and the Cardinals getting together in Mexico City. I think the first time there was a Mexico City game, it was 49ers and Cardinals some 15, 16 years ago. Mm. 
The Cardinals are eight-point underdogs in this one. We don't know whether it's going to be Kyler Murray or Colt McCoy. There's a chance it could be Trace McSorley because McCoy has a knee injury to go along with Kyler Murray's hamstring injury. And the elevation, always an issue in Mexico City, 7,218 feet, 2,000 feet higher than mile high. 49ers, eight-point favorites. Do you like them to win, and do you like them to cover? I do like them to win. The cover is a different story to me. Uh, I you know I, I I think Arizona poses some problems for the 49ers. And and you heard me say this today too. I I you know Vance Joseph has shown the ability to manage the Shanahan pre-stat movement, the tricks, the fake the guy this way, wait, we're running that way. He's he is creative and he's, he's an outside the box thinker, Vance Joseph, which you know matches Shanahan, who's that guy too. So Shanahan can't always just play the, like, ooh, when I play this formation, they're going to play this. Because Vance is one of those guys who, like, he'll realize it and go, I'm going to change it up because he thinks I'm going to play this. And he got me a few times the last time. We're going to play a different style today. And that's where I give him a chance. And then their ability to kind of spread the field and spread that zone coverage of the uh, the 49ers out a little bit, I think gives them some issues. And they're a short, quick passing team. And spread the field run team. I'm going to go 49ers 21-17. I got 28-13. I think they will cover. Look, between Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, it's just a matter of getting a little more time, making it click, making it work. I think the Cardinals, Yeah, I know they're 4-6, and six, but they don't, they don't feel like a 4-6 and six team. They feel like they're worse than that. And if Kyler Murray plays, I don't, I don't I really don't, even I don't care. I only would change if McSorley plays. If Colt McCoy yeah. plays, it doesn't even really change my opinion, honestly. I, I just think the 49ers recognize it's time to put the pedal to the metal and, and start showing that they're the team that they're capable of being. They they screwed around with the Chargers. They shouldn't have won that game by only six points. No, it should have been know. worse that than that. And, and I think that gives Kyle bet. Shannon what he needs to – what he well, and – for, for that, I'm very grateful. But it gives Kyle Shanahan the ammunition he needs to really put the red-hot poker on the 49ers players' rear ends. We need to take a break. When we return, best bets and Folsom Prison Blues pick for Week 11. More PFTPM and Chris Sims on Butler after this. All right, here we go. Final segment. We disagree on three games straight up, five against the spread. Let's see what the best bets may be. Chris, you are up. We pick three each, either against the spread or over under. What do you got? Well, I'm going to go with the Ravens, right? The Ravens, I know they're getting 13 points, but I'm going to ride it. I am. Yeah, I I just think. If they were getting 13 points, that would definitely be a best Uh, bet. (laughs) They're giving 13 points. I still like it. Uh, It's one there where, yeah, I just don't see how the Panthers move the ball a whole lot. I think the Ravens have some certainly like size issue or size advantages over the Carolina Panthers defense. Uh, I, I like the Ravens to cover that. Recently, I've had these little pasta and meatball flashes with some of these over-unders. I feel like the numbers are getting lower because so many of the games early this year went under, so they've, they've dropped them down. I'm taking the over in that game, 41 and a half. They're going to go over that, the Ravens and the Panthers. Even if it is Ravens get a big lead, Panthers – score some garbage time points, I think they're going to go over 41 and a half. All right, what do you got else? Uh, or what I, else do you got? Uh, saying properly, guys. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Commanders over the Texans. I am. I just, uh, you know, we'll, 
I look at it and go, wait, the Commanders have a little bit of a run game now. You know, the Texans are not good at stopping the run. The Commanders have weapons that scare you in the pass game. And I think the Commanders' defense is really, really damn good. Uh, it's a three-point spread by the Commanders. I think they cover easy. I like your New York Giants. Whoa. I told my son that if it's Giants-Vikings in the NFC Championship, you'll be there with us. He yep. liked the text, which apparently means it's okay with him. That's how people communicate. Now, they don't even respond. They I just know. like it. They like, just, okay, I yeah. guess that means it's Thumbs okay. Thumbs up, Dad. <laughs> I got the Giants giving three to the Lions. I think they'll at least win by a touchdown. What's your last one? Uh, my last one, I'm going to Estadio de Azteca, and I'm going to take the Cardinals to – to cover the eight-point spread that the 49ers are, are, are they're, uh, getting. or the I can't speak it. They're going to cover the eight-point spread. You know what I meant. The only thing I'll say is if it's Trace McSorley, just everybody back out. Don't do what I do here. I'm going as it's McCoy or Murray, but I like them to cover that spread. I like the Chiefs to cover on Sunday night against the Chargers. Uh, I, I just I feel like the Chiefs have hit a higher level. They sense what they can be. They're becoming what they need to be, and they could be headed to the Super Bowl. Who's your Folsom Prison Blues pick? The one game that we like straight up this well, week. Well, the Ravens. The, the Ravens, Ravens over I, the Panthers. Too. Yeah. Me too. Sorry. Ravens and Ravens. We actually finished with time to say goodbye. Usually wow. we're like running out the door with the final pick. Enjoy the game. Go See Cowboys.